Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Well, we are down here in the basement of Maryland Hall, and Maryland Hall is one of my favorite places to be in the city of Annapolis because it's sort of like the hub of everything artistic, it seems. And we are here with uh, two big spokes. I guess, <laughs> that hub from the Chesapeake Youth Symphony Orchestra, Dane Critch, who is the executive director, as well as Julian Benishu, who is the music director. How are you guys today? Good. How are you? It's good to be here with you. Good. Well, I wanted to learn about uh, CYSO, um, and I, I was snooping around on the website a little bit, and I got to say I'm absolutely astounded that it's as a large of an organization as it is. This was established back in 1990? Yes, and so the, it was established as a single ensemble at first, which was, I think, the first year around 35 students. And as, as that grew, uh, a second orchestra came along, and then a third, and then a fourth, and then uh, a flute choir, and then a second flute choir, and then a wind ensemble, and then the jazz band, and then a fifth orchestra. So uh, we, we are now with nine ensembles. The philosophy is that... Um, we try to fit every student in an ensemble that's appropriate for them, that's going to help them grow and help them learn the most. Uh, hence the number of ensembles. It also produces a lot of students, and then as Dane will tell you, it's, of course it's always a challenge to manage that many students, but the organization has quite a, quite a great experience with uh, Wow, nine ensembles. Now, is... All right, I'll show my ignorance here, but is this Annapolis area, this region, that talented? Apparently. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, a lot of great talent in Annapolis, and we also draw from some of the surrounding counties. Uh, majority of our students do come from Anne Arundel, uh, but there's so much talent and, and so much uh, potential here, and the students are just, uh, the education that they're getting in the schools is is phenomenal and so yeah there's a lot of great talent well now your your headquarters if you will is based right here in maryland hall now with all of your ensembles are they all performing here at maryland hall or how does what we do john is we actually rehearse in different locations our symphony orchestra and our chamber orchestra our preparatory orchestra actually rehearses at annapolis evangelical lutheran church in edgewater well how how big is how big are the ensembles typically uh, so symphony and chamber, uh, symphony's pushing 45, I think, and chamber orchestra is around 30-some. Um, preparatory is a little small right now. Uh, we have about 8 to 10 students in our prep. Uh, generally speaking, our concert orchestra has about 35 to 40 students, and uh, jazz orchestra, about 10 students right now. Um, so we ha- the, they range 20 or so in string orchestra, 20 or so in wind ensemble. So, you know, on average, about 20 to 30 students per ensemble is what we're averaging. That's wild. Uh, is, my mind is blown uh, that, that we've got that. I have no musical talent myself, um, so I'm going to say that I can't join. But what is the requirements to join CYSO? 
Well, the requirements is to to be youth because it's a youth orchestra. So um, we take students anywhere from six to twenty-three years old. Uh, so we have some college students, uh, and it's by audition. So one has to qualify for different ensembles based on their audition, uh, and based on their skill level, we decide to place them in one ensemble or the other. No, when auditions, I mean, are they set up at a specific time, or is it? I mean, with or do you sort of have rolling auditions? Or? Uh, we we both have. Uh, sets of auditions in the spring and in the fall, mostly in the spring, most of them in, uh, in late May, early June, uh, then a few in August, September, and then rolling audition for whoever has not made it during that window can come audition during the year. Honestly, the, the depth of art in, in Annapolis and Anne Arundel County is pretty deep, I, I think. I mean, it, to be able to have what we have here, it's not something that most towns of 50,000 have. You know, so I think we're pretty lucky with that. Okay, somebody auditions. Okay, I um, I don't, but let's pretend I play the flute or the bassoon or whatever it may be. And uh, after I audition, and you say, "Hey, we've got a spot for you." I mean, how does that work? Is is it a tuition based thing? And and so once once we determined, you know, where the best placement for each student is, it is based. Uh, we are a tuition based orchestra, so uh, and and very flexible in working with students and how. You know, to make it work financially, uh, we've never—I can tell you—we've never turned down a student um, because of finances. Um, but yes, it's tuition. So for the upper, what we call the premier, the higher level, um, older students, uh, it's six seventy six hundred and seventy-five dollars for the year, uh, and for the lower, um, the younger ensembles, it's about five hundred. It is five hundred for the year. That's wonderful that you're not turning away any qualified musician there. How now? Obviously, there's a gap there. I mean, do you you are a nonprofit? I'm assuming that we can we help. How does somebody help the youth of today hone their music skills through the Chesapeake Youth Symphony Orchestra? Well, we do accept donations. We attend uh, if you attend the gala. We have uh, fundraising events such as the gala, raffles. Um, and, and just doing whatever we can to outreach and make it all work. Uh, we're just about to provide. Uh, what we want to do is provide the best education for the students. There are many ways to help, but like Dane said, I think coming to our gala, which this year is uh, March 19, is a great bang for the buck. I mean, how much is the ticket, Dane? Can you remind um, me? For the evening concert, it's $55, and for the... Um, Sorry, for the 2 p.m. concert, it's $40, and for the evening concert, the 7.30 concert, it's 55 So at, at $55, this is one of the best deals in galas you can have. And that's March 19th, yeah. you said, right? Where are you going to have it this year? Bowie Performing Arts Center. So there is, a, at our gala, a full buffet of food, drinks, coffee, champagne, wine, everything's included, silent auctions, great concerts, but this year, a great pianist, Christy Julien, French pianist, and then two great singers. One is from New York City Opera, the other is from Metropolitan Opera. They're going to do opera excerpts on the second half, so it's going to be a one-of-a-kind experience. And really, I mean, we've all gone to galas. $55 for an all-inclusive gala is the best deal you can find out there. I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Stepping back a little bit into the operation there, and, you know, Julian, maybe you can tell me, I mean, as the music director, are you 
in charge of all of the different ensembles yourself? I mean, are you... No, no, no. We have a great staff. I, I conduct two of the groups. Okay. I oversee all of them, but I conduct only two of them. I, I noticed you still had your hair, so you, you probably haven't pulled it all out yet. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no need to put it out because these students are really great, great to work with. And so is the rest of the faculty. We have really one of the best faculties you could have. Uh, with uh, um, uh, Chris Ciccone from Towson University, Matthew Heist, Gail Veslage, who is an amazing flute teacher. We have a veteran of the uh, Anne Arundel School System, uh, Robert Stojakovic. We uh, have uh, uh, Greg Metzler, wonderful pedagogues, uh, pedagogue. And then um, David Kaufman, directing the, the brand new director of the Jazz Ensemble. I mean, this is a faculty, this is really the most premium faculty you will have in the state of Maryland. And the kids often get to work with two, three, or four of these. Some of the kids will go to flute choir and chamber orchestra and concert orchestra and symphony, or they'll go to jazz band and symphony, they'll, they'll, and, and they'll go through, through the regular ensembles, but also participate in the jazz, they'll participate in the flute, they'll participate in the wind ensemble. So they get to learn from a bunch of pedagogues. The way we are set up is that they really are um, nurtured by the greatest pedagogue, but they are put through professional-like experiences so that they really have both ends of the equation. They are given challenge, but they're also given support. You've got a wide range. You said from age 6 to 23. Mm -hmm. So where do most of your musicians enter do they or is this a i'm coming in most of them come in at six and stick through to 23 or are they coming in the middle someplace it's, it's very variable uh for the senior groups uh for the symphony and the, the older groups we tend to recruit a lot of kids coming out of middle school and then we have some kids that you know enter at the really the entry level and stay through uh, but I would say it's really a 50-50 thing. Some of them joined partway. Some people move from another state. Some people move to another state. So some live in the middle, some arrive in the middle. But we've had many students that have been through the whole program and then went to college for music and then grad school for music and are now music professionals. And some of them are in major orchestras around the country, uh, uh, sometimes as principal trumpet, uh, principal clarinet, uh, and it's, uh, it's really wonderful to see these kids that have gone through this program and, and really tell how uh, important, how impactful uh, and how transforming this program has been for them in their life and how it keeps to this day supporting them uh, day in, day out. Great. So it is, it's, it's a progressive curriculum that as, as, as you go on that they're... Yeah. And, and each one of our conductors is really a specialist of their type of group. I have to tell you honestly, if you ask me to program for some of these young groups, I would be the wrong person to do it. I go and I listen to the results, and I ask the conductor, okay, well, how was that piece? And, but they know, if you take uh, Greg Metzler for our prep strings, he knows that repertoire. It's a very specific kind of repertoire for the entry-level uh, string orchestra, uh, and he knows it much better than me. And then the flute director, she knows that repertoire for flutes very well. So there is really a great specialization. People are, have been really put in these in this positions because they, they know that specific segment of music education and of ensemble training very well. 
what's what's your goal for this? I mean, what what's the end game when they get out of CYSO? Is it to go into into college to study music? Is it to professional? I mean, where where are your students going to once they age out? Or I, I would say we have about a, a quarter of them that become music majors. Sometimes, you know, some years I've had up to half of them become music majors. Some years it's more than 15, 20%, but I see on average it's about 25% of them. Uh, out of these, we see about half of them keep going as a music, with a music career, and half of them now, I see their Facebook pages, they are engineers, they are doctors, they are surgeons, uh, and they go to all sorts of careers. The important thing is that the, uh, the music training makes you good at anything. And, and, and I think that's, that's the key to all of it. Um, despite the fact that, you know, sometimes the, the arts and music get cut first out of the school when there is budget restriction, it's still, in our view, the most important subject to study. Music is the one activity that engages your entire brain. Uh, it engages your logical mind, your, your emotions, your rational thinking. It engages everything. And uh, so as a result, it's, it's proven that students that do music do better at every subject. So as a result, we have a lot of students that are very serious with the music, but they can be very good, but they'll decide to go some, do something else. And they'll get into Harvard and MIT and Yale and, uh, and in, into very good schools and, and will do very well at other subjects. And we feel like the music uh, that they've done is a support to their intellectual prowess and to their really their, their working skills. They, they work better as a team, they focus better, they are more precise, they can control their emotions better. I mean, there's an old range of skills that is gained, not only from music playing, but from ensemble playing in particular. So from orchestra and from other ensembles, that is really unique to that art form and that we think creates strong leaders for the community and we believe, and that's why we never turn any student away, that uh, it's beneficial to any student. One does not have to come out of a very educated or well-to-do family. One, one can come from a modest background, but through music can really elevate. And uh, I know many examples of, uh, of people that have elevated themselves from music and have been able to be uh, upwardly mobile socially because of their love for music and because it just helped them break through. Well, this is a love that stays with you forever. Absolutely, um, and you know, I mean, I have an appreciation. I, I halfway jokingly say that I still want to kick my mother in the butt for not forcing me to play anything beyond the recorder, and you know, in second grade, uh, you know, and I'm sure I would have fought her every step of the way to take piano lessons at age seven or something like that. But as an adult, uh, that's just a real regret that I have um, on my upbringing. Uh, I wish that I had taken some lessons to learn how to play, whether it be the guitar. And, and I bought a guitar and tried a couple little things during COVID. I mean, everybody, some people cook bread. And you know, I said, okay, well, let me see what I can do with a guitar. Hasn't helped much of anything, uh, but it's a little bit of therapeutic. But uh, it's something that I do regret with my life that my parents didn't force or insist or strongly persuade me to take up some sort of a, of a musical instrument to play. Yeah. 
It's, it's uh, and everybody sees this differently, of course. But I do believe that uh, musical education is important enough that, like you say, the parents should uh, not necessarily force very hard, but push. And I, I don't believe that it's worth uh, fighting over because it's never productive. But uh, definitely insisting and, and, and pushing for it is really the best thing to do for the child. I know that with my, with my own children, sometimes I've had to push for them to be engaged in some musical activities and I've had to fight. And I'm sure that Dane with your children is, is the same, right? Actually, my daughter picked up the clarinet because we asked her to try something. She's very big into ballet and tap and jazz. She loves to dance. And she didn't think she would like it. But I'll tell you, she's picked it up a lot more lately than I've seen her. Uh, I think she's actually grown to really like it. And actually, my uh, she's 11. And we, we said, hey, why don't you take some lessons? Because we do think it's good to, you know, get some comments, some feedback, to be able to get other perspectives. And she's actually picked up her clarinet quite a bit more than, and I'm very happy, yeah. Instruments, That's wonderful. Instruments are great for kids. I mean, they, they truly are. Well, the, the nice thing about music, I think, is that if you, if you play it, I mean, it is a truly a lifelong hobby on the low end or just something to do or a profession or anything like that. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not going to play professional football for very long. Um, you know, you've got all, all sorts of different things. I mean, even, you know, if, if you're tennis, you can play that for, at some point you're going to get tired. But I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that you're going to be too worn down, tired or whatever to you know, to, to strum a few chords on a guitar, play a little bit on the piano or the clarinet. And as Julian said, playing in an ensemble, it's bigger than yourself. It, you are something, you are a part of a big, great power um, that has the true ability to just reach people on a, a different level emotionally. Well, it's, it's great when you see great music. And I mean, this is obviously what you put together. I mean, I remember in second grade when my kid was doing the recorder and they had a Christmas concert and I, I remember sitting out in the hallway with another parent going the only thing worse than listening to my kid practice this thing for 45 minutes a night is listening to a hundred of them do it here in this room and call it at a concert <laughs> but as that second grade morphed into third grade into fourth grade into fifth grade okay that group was getting I mean the difference as they learned it and and this is the public school curriculum and then obviously they played you know, in high school at the graduations and everything else. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that the public schools probably are a very good starting point for where you are. Is that fair? Yes, for sure. We, we, we complement the, the public schools in, in, in a way that, you know, and, and we're there to support them, um, but we also stand alone ourselves and, and provide something that, you know, uh, is special. Are they identifying people for you? I mean, I, I know a music teacher can probably see something, any artistic thing. I can. I talked to a, the Davy Dance Academy, and she says, you know, I can look at a four-year-old and know she's got that something. Whether it's nurtured or not, you know, remains to be seen, but that she's got the talent to be able to do that. Do the schools find people that refer to you as far as say, hey, I think this person has it? Yes. I, and we actually, during COVID... We did master classes virtually through the whole thing, and we made it open to the whole public. And I would always invite every school teacher in Anne Arundel County or students to come and join us. Um, you know, we're here, like I, as I just mentioned, we're here to support the schools, but just music in general. 
Uh, so uh, I don't know if the schools really support us or we support them. No, but it, I it's think a it's collaboration. a I think it's a, it's, a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, I think we would not be here if it were not for the music programs in the public schools. And, uh, and I say this with great confidence because uh, I was born in a country where there's no music in the public schools and there are also no youth orchestras around. There's just only music school orchestras. So um, these independent youth orchestras like ours are only possible because there's music in the public schools. So you're going to tell me, well, but what about all these people that are homeschooled and in the private school? Yes, they also practice music because the culture is instilled by the music school pro the, the, the public school music programs. Um, the overall, uh, I would say, fabric of the music education landscape in the U.S., and especially in the state of Maryland, but I think in many states, very few states have an impoverished uh, musical education, um, is because of this investment at the public school level and because of how many people practice music in the public school system, that creates a need for people who just want a little more. And we're not here to replace this music program. We're just here to give a little extra for those that want uh, to focus one extra day of the week. We've had students that had five rehearsals a week at their public school plus the rehearsal with us. These are students that in terms of, you know, ensemble experience was a rival with some professionals. They've played as many hours in ensemble as some professionals. Uh, these are people that once they graduate high school and then college and then grad school, they're ready to go play in any ensemble because from a very young age in their elementary school, they were doing string orchestra and then symphony orchestra in high school plus youth orchestra. Then they do multiple orchestras in college and grad school. When they come out of there, they are really professionals already. Whereas you have models like uh, some countries in Europe, including France, where I come from, where you actually get very little ensemble practice before you actually get a job. And so you learn your skill on the job because you've played just a few hours of orchestra in conservatory. You've never played it in school. Uh, my greatest shock was when uh, I went to Germany and, uh, as, a, as a high school student, and I discovered they had a rehearsal space and a concert space at the high school. That's not something you see in southern Europe. That doesn't exist. Uh, it exists in Anglo-Saxon countries, in, in, in England and in Germany and in the U.S., in France, there's, there's not a single high school with an auditorium in it. It just doesn't exist. There's a gym and that's it. Uh, and there's almost never a concert uh, in a school. So um, I want to say that this, uh, this is a really a treasure to have uh, music in the public schools. And uh, as I said, we are here to support uh, the, the public schools and the schools in general music programs. Uh, by just giving the student that extra edge if they want it, giving them that extra edge, and we send them to their back to their music school, uh, their, their school music program. We just send them better, more motivated, and we hope that it's mutually mutually beneficial, which I think um, has proven to be year after year. Uh, at this point, our relationship with Anne Arundel County is really truly excellent, and. Um, we, we just hope to keep collaborating and, and giving the best for all of the students to get the most musical education they want. Wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, as we begin to wrap it up, I've got a 
quick question for both of you, and because you probably both have different ideals, but Dane is the executive director of um, Chesapeake Youth Symphony Orchestra. And by the way, the website is cysomusic.org. And that's where you can get all the information on there. you find be able to find tickets to the gala, which is March 19th. Uh, all sorts of information, how to support it, how to, you know, if you've got a, uh, a savant that's coming in, that, to how to enroll and everything else. But you're charged with basically running the organization. What, what's your dream? What do you, I mean, we've been going strong since 1990, but what, what's your dream to see where you push the organization to? Honestly, after a concert and listening to these kids and just watching, even in rehearsals, I feel like every week is, is my dream. Uh, we just put a video on social media last week of the symphony orchestra rehearsing. And I'll, I'll tell you, just listening to the level in which these kids play, that is my dream, that they continue to achieve this high success of music in which they're already achieving and to just keep achieving it, to keep... I mean, we, it's, such, it's such a benefit to these students. During, during the pandemic, the outlet that we provided these students with the ability to make music on a weekly basis, we, we remained in person for, for the most part with some restrictions on winds and brass and stuff. But my, my, my goal was to always keep our doors open because music is such an outlet. It's such a way to express yourself and be part of something, as I mentioned, bigger than yourself. And so, honestly, I tell you, after a concert, after listening to all of our students, every one of them play, my dream has always come true. So you come out, you come out of your concerts and uh, on a big high? <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't, I, once again, I've been with the organization for five years now. And just every time after a concert, and I take that deep breath that the concert happened, all the logistics were in place and all that. But... Just listening to every single group and the level in which these students are playing at, at all age ranges, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me. It is, it is the dream come true, every, like I said, every week. And my dream for the future is that we continue to grow and we continue to achieve the success that we have been doing for the last 32 years. We should all be so lucky to have a job like yours, you know, to, to do that. Julian, what's your, do you have any aspirations or would you like to see i mean i I imagine they're probably very similar to what dane had said yeah absolutely you know it's uh for me my my dream is that um, every student comes out of our program uh, stronger stronger as a musician but stronger as a person too and that we instill in them uh uh, discipline and standards and really a, a work ethic, but that inst- instilled uh, through the love of the craft itself, through confidence in themselves, through believing in themselves, and that we teach them to excel through really um, an uplifting experience. Uh, we don't want to teach them to excel through necessarily through uh, pressure all the time, although pressure is good uh, sometimes. Uh, but we want to have students that come out competent, that come out that are um, uh, members of society that can contribute a great deal to society, whether it's going to be through music or something else. But we hope that their learning of music makes them excel and make them really a source of uh, 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 really creativity, support to others, and really great contributors to the, the world that they will live in. So. That's my hope for it, and, and my hope is that um, 
that, uh, I would say, psychological effect on the student and the beauty of the music become one. That through the beauty of that music, through their, their devotion to it, they learn to be better citizens and just better people and happier people. John, I'll tell you, the, the, the opportunities that Julian has provided for our students over the years, we take our students to Carnegie Hall every year, um, pre-pandemic, of course. That's true. Uh, Actually, we are going this coming year. We're yes. going this December. December we're going. Two. We're going next year, right? We're, oh, this coming year, December 2, we're, we'll be in Carnegie Hall. We're going. We provide tours, international and domestic. We, the students come out with memories that last a lifetime. If they go into music or not, the, the memories that we create and the, the family atmosphere that we provide, it, it, it will make a lasting impression. I, that, that's a guarantee. That's amazing. That's fantastic. All right, as we wrap it up real quick, what's the most popular, what's the instrument du jour now? What's, what's the most popular instrument for kids wanting to play? Percussion. Percussion? He says that because he's a percussionist. Yeah. <laughs> It's always the drummer. It's always the drummer. We, we, the, what we always have most of in an orchestra is violence. Uh, the violence. And that's the way it goes. There's always a lot of violence. But that's okay. Are, uh, you know, we have uh, actually very few um, uh, empty spots. We do have some empty spots, like most youth orchestras. Like, it's hard to get enough bassoon. It's hard to get enough trombones, you know. And, but it's never, never hard to get violence. Uh, but... Um, you know, I think the, the important thing is that, you know, the students that are in the orchestra progress on their instrument and uh, whatever instrument they're on. But that's, uh, you guys are doing a wonderful job. But I think you can, uh, you can start uh, learning an instrument. You can start taking I, I lessons know, now. I, I know they say that. They say that. It's just so difficult when you get to be old. And you have- I, I have to tell you that it's very difficult when you're a child, too. The only thing that makes it easier when you're a child, is that if your mother forces you. Uh, so you're going to have to be your own mother on this one and, and force yourself to do it. But in terms of the brain, I mean, it's been shown by several studies that the brain retains its plasticity uh, and that it's completely possible to learn uh, at an older age just as much as at a young age. So f- I don't know what instrument you want to play, but find yourself a teacher and do it. All right. You, now, we got to stop this now because you're starting to inspire me. So we, <laughs> we can't do that. But uh, I want to thank uh, Julian Beneshu, who is the music director for Chesapeake Youth Symphony Orchestra. Thank you very much for your time. And for Dane Critch, who is the executive director. And uh, between these two guys, uh, they're pushing it forward from 1990 on into 2022 and beyond. The date that you want to remember is March 19th for their gala. And the information and ticketing would be available at their website at cysomusic.org. And um, thank you for bringing music to, to the region. That's, it's just so important. You know, I can't thank you anymore. Really our pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.